0: Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Wrap. It is the week of the 26th of February 2018. On the agenda today, we'll have a look at the upcoming Jerome Powell hearing in front of Congress. We'll have a look at the rising yield backdrop that we do see, especially in the US, and what it means for equities. And finally, we will look forward to the Italian election next weekend. Right, so a lot of attention this week will be on the Fed chair, Jerome Powell's first hearing in front of Congress. And the focus will be on whether he potentially signals a more hawkish direction for the Federal Reserve, especially now in the current context of a growing market narrative around rising inflation. We would, however, lean against any more hawkish interpretation of the Fed, especially in relation to this testimony tomorrow. If the Fed were pivoting in a more hawkish direction, it would not be announced at a congressional testimony hearing, but rather it would be done via a chorus of Fed speakers in the run-up to a policy meeting. Furthermore, there is no sense that Powell really represents a sea change at the central bank. He has been a Fed governor before and has been at the institution for a long time, implying also that he will likely prove a continuity chair, maintaining the fairly dovish trajectory followed under Chair Janet Yellen. In addition, worth pointing out is that a lot of the work done at the Fed is done by so-called staffers, i.e. people who work there for an entire career and are not appointed as such, and these people provide another important source of continuity, whose advice is actually often followed. Now, what about the idea that Powell is not an academic economist, and this could be a point of uncertainty as he lacks knowledge and can be swayed, so to say, by other members. For the most part, this view is nonsense and is usually only promulgated by academic economists. A number of Fed chairs have been so-called practical men, the most famous of which was Paul Volcker, who arguably was the best central banker the US has ever seen. To put it simply, being a non-economist, does not make you a bad central banker. In sum, then, we are not overly worried about the Fed for now. It is not going to slam the brakes on this economy anytime soon. Yes, it will aim to tighten policy in the coming months, but this can be easily absorbed by the improving economy, which now has been given an additional boost through tax cuts. Moreover, Core inflation still remains relatively subdued, meaning there is no rush to act at the Federal Reserve. In connection with this rising hawkish interpretation of the Fed, there is some fear around what higher yields mean for equity markets, whether high yields will finally end this bull market. We would, however, not be too concerned by the recent rise in yields, at least at this juncture. Worth bearing in mind is that yields, in absolute terms, are still low. Looking at the major government bond yields, for example, the majority are still below 2%, which is still close to historically low levels. In other words, some perspective is needed here. More importantly, supporting risky assets, such as equities, is a strong economic backdrop, which is more than compensating for the move higher in yields. As we have highlighted, profit growth is currently particularly strong and still has some way to run. In other words, the prospects for equities still look good in our view, despite these recent concerns around the Fed and rising yields. Another major event over the coming days will be the Italian election, which will take place next Sunday. So from a market perspective, should we be worried about Italy, about this election? In short, no, we shouldn't. And there are a few observations we would like to bring to your attention. For one, the economic backdrop is good, as good as it has been for quite some time. It's the fourth year of expansion now in Italy, and the country is clearly benefiting from the general global upturn, which is not hugely surprising given that exports are around a third of GDP. A good economy, in turn, generally means the political arena is less troublesome. Now, maybe more importantly, there has also been a change to the Italian electoral law. And this change favours coalition building, preventing one party from ruling alone. It used to be the case that the largest party could get a seat bonus, and thus potentially form a majority. But this is now off the table, again, meaning less risk. In addition, what we are seeing in recent months is the taming of the populace they are pivoting more to the political centre. This is particularly in relation to the Five Star Movement, who appear to be getting decidedly more centrist in their approach. A referendum on Europe, for example, appears entirely off the table. Luigi Di Maio, its leader, recently stated that he wouldn't even contemplate an EU referendum. A final point to make is that, although it's been slightly underreported in the media, is that the migration crisis is finally over. It has been over in Northern Europe for some time, but 2017 was still a tough year for the likes of Italy, with lots of migrants slash asylum seekers entering the country. This flow now, however, has been much reduced, again giving populists less ammunition and people in general with less reasons to be angry. So the most likely scenario in this election is some form of centrist-anchored coalition, maybe even a hung parliament. It will, in other words, be business as usual in Italy. And as far as the markets are concerned, the main risk of a euro referendum is off the table, meaning very little systemic risk from this election. The result? We are not worried about Italy for now. We keep a neutral position on European equities and are positive on the small mid-cap space, i.e., companies that are geared to the ongoing upturn across the eurozone. Moreover, we see no need for getting more interested in government debt. Yields should continue their upward march, and look through any noise related to Italy. But that's it from me. Have a fantastic week ahead. Please go to nordiaprivatebanking.com/podcast-disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast.